Welcome back to the Everybody Hates You podcast. Episode 203 was more of a special episode given the tragic circumstances of the topic, the senseless killing of Tyree Nichols. Episode 202 titled Family Business, however, started a conversation in which I'd love to continue on this episode. 204, Hip Hop is Dead. Take the dive. So here we are. It's 2023 and hip-hop is the most popular genre out there. With origins dated back to the early 1970s, hip-hop was born in the BX, aka the Bronx, New York, though this is sometimes heavily debated. Back then, DJs and MCs went together like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Times were hard back then for people of color. I would argue much harder than it is today. But hip-hop has always been a fan of cars. Just listen to Super Rapping by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Hip-hop was always about how flat an MC was. To check out King Tim III by the Fatback Band. As an MC, you always had to be the best. Like Funky Forbes said on rapping and rocking the house. Hip-hop was always socially conscious. This is put on full display on The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, a spoken word song by Gil Scott Haran. A lot of the DNA of the origins of hip-hop is still intact, but one thing that seems to be missing from these songs I mentioned is violence because mainstream hip-hop then was very pop-like. It was dance disco music in the beginning. In 1982, Grandmaster Flash dropped the message. Say what you want, but to me, this is still regarded as one of my favorite hip-hop songs. The imagery, the reality rap, it paints a picture of a community in pain. A lot of the lyrics today are still relatable. In the mid-1980s, Schooly D stepped on the scene. He is the creator of gangster rap who influenced the likes of Ice-T and N.W.A., just listen to the song PSK, What Does It Mean, and you'll hear the influence. He introduces drugs, sex, and violence to hip-hop. This births the hard gangster rap that ruled the late 80s and early 90s. So how do we go from Rapper's Delight to N.W.A.'s Gangster Gangster? Everyone always likes to talk about they, you know, the imaginary villain. But sometimes you live long enough to see yourself become the villain of your own community. The popularity of gangster rap meant the glorification of violence, drugs, and misogyny. Who wins in this case? Is it the same people who started the war on drugs? I mean, an uptick in violence like an uptick in drugs usually results in death. Remember, black addicts of the 80s were thrown in jail. The addicts of today, since pills hit the suburbs, received treatment and rehabs. More violence means more prison time, and we all know who profits from prisons. When slaves were brought over, they were immediately separated from their families. Does the promotion of misogyny do the same thing? I mean, whips and chains, or is it whips and chains? We're not off the hook just yet either, because though these labels push this music and music artists, it's usually us who curates it for them. Why? Because that's where the money is. When I was signed to an indie label out of college, the CEO told me that there were finder fees given by major labels for artists. Sean Diddy Combs can preach black as love all he wants, but majority of his bad boy artists are dead or broke. Say what you want about Suge Knight, but at least he was providing homes and money to his artists. And remember, Suge couldn't have been so bad with Jimmy Iovine and Interscope backing him, right? Where am I going with this? Our own people are selling us out to get paid. The most successful record labels in the U.S. are Interscope, RCA, and Atlantic, which are owned by Universal Music Group, 
Sony Music, and Warner Music Group. In fact, each of the top 10 most successful record labels are owned by one of the big three. For example, OVO Sound, also known simply as OVO, is a Canadian independent record label founded in 2012 by hip-hop artist Drake. Between 2012 and 2022, it operated as a subsidiary of Warner Records and was distributed by Republic Records, a division of Universal Music Group. Then there's Lil Dirt, who was signed to OTF Records, Alamo Records, and Interscope Records, owned by Universal Music Group. I'll give you one more. NBA Youngboy was signed to Atlantic, owned by Warner Music Group. And now he's on Motown, owned by Universal Music Group. Don't you find it strange that there's a prototype for new signed black rappers? They're usually from a poorly funded neighborhood, are part of a street gang, and are uneducated. Universal Music Group generated over $10 billion in 2021. Sony Music's revenue in 2021 was $8.9 billion. Warner Music Group's revenue in 2021 was $5.30 billion. To put that in perspective, back in 2004, hip-hop was generating $10 billion a year. Of course, streaming changed everything for everyone, but hip-hop is said to generate $4 billion a year as of recently. But in 2021, hip-hop started hitting the wall. It's actually on a steady decline. Its revenue was $2.7 billion in 2021. To put that in perspective, that's more than half of Warner Music Group's revenue in 2021. So why is hip-hop seeing a decline? Maybe it's because it's been milked for all it's worth. Maybe it's because black America is waking up. Hip-hop is a shell of what it used to be. Nas rang the alarm in 2006. I say hip-hop is dead because it's like McDonald's. It's bad for your food, only it's no longer consistent. But, you know, the Big Mac is going to come with two patties, lettuce, onion, pickles on a sesame seed bun, and that mac sauce. Just like today's rappers will have dreads, tattoos, chains, cars, and a gang affiliation. But sometimes, for fun, they like to let white kids pretend to be rappers because they know we'll always be accepting of them, and then they diss rap and put on a skirt. What's up, Posty? Now, Little Baby may be hard working, but labels can reproduce another Little Baby with a dope beat and auto-tune. Anything is possible. And that's sadly what hip-hop has been downgraded to. There's no intent behind most hip-hop music being released today. There's no message. Hip-hop has been dumbed down so much that the musicality of Kendrick Lamar goes over the head of people. I mean, having a text conversation and just seeing how people type on social media makes me happy that I have a college degree, and I think college is a pyramid scheme. This concept that hip-hop isn't the only genre that glorifies drugs and violence is just not true. And even if it was, it's not mainstream for those other genres. They're just songs. But hip-hop is a lifestyle. It's a culture. It's the culture. And a lot of those gatekeepers who promote it look like us, but their motivation is green. Now that labels see that male hip-hop artists are dwindling, they're focusing on female rappers. And what's the messaging there? Y'all already know. When will we stop pointing the finger elsewhere and take a good look in the mirror? Every time we talk about how we need to do better, we talk about them. Honestly, I don't care about them. I care about us. I'll tell you what, though. No matter how grim things looked in the 70s after King and Malcolm were assassinated and drugs started entering our neighborhood, we still got songs from Marvin Gaye like, what's going on? And what is going on, y'all? We are 40 years removed from the crack epidemic of the 80s. If the murder, drugs, misogyny, all of that in today's rap music is a product of the environment these kids are from, then we need to do better because all I hear are excuses. Imagine if MLK said, well, they don't want us to vote. Guess I won't. 
that's probably a poor example because that mentality was passed down to a lot of us from our grandparents who didn't have the right for a majority of their lives. And we still don't vote. We're judging presidents by a coal meter? I mean, when are we going to evolve? I think the first step is denouncing hip-hop as it is today and stop lining these labels' pockets with money from the blood of our youth. Peace.